Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast, a Canadian real estate podcast that shows you how to pay off your mortgage sooner and live well while doing it. Now, here's your host, Sean Cooper. Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. I'm Sean Cooper, and it's great to be back for another episode. On today's show, I'll be talking to Natasha Fagali. Natasha's episode is the latest in my ongoing series of podcast shows on women in real estate. Natasha Fagali is one of the recipients of the 40 Under 40 United Way Leadership Windsor Essex Award 2018, as well as numerous awards and recognitions, most notably the Sovereign Canadian Medal in 2015 for her dedication to education and the future of entrepreneurship and youth. Most recently, she has received the Odyssey Award from the University of Windsor and has been published in a book on women and leadership in Ontario by the Elementary Teachers Federation. As the owner of Fagali Group Incorporated, an independently owned and operated rental homes, rental storage units, and holding group, Natasha has helped build a strong portfolio of homes in the Windsor-Essex County region and works with local and international investors as well. FGI prides themselves on giving the best quality care and expertise when it comes to rental homes as well as the community at large and delivering great service for clients and tenants. In my interview with Natasha, we discussed the most important part of being an investor, why women could benefit from real estate investing and creating your own life via real estate. Without further ado, here's my interview with Natasha Fagali. Hi, Natasha. How are you doing today? Hi, Sean. How are you? We have some great questions to discuss today. So let's get started with the first one then. Uh, what is the most important part of being a real estate investor? Oh, for me, I would say patience. I would say the patience is something that's so very, very important. Not all deals are going to be as smooth as we would like them to be or as others might tell us that they will be. What I've noticed is that no matter how much I plan for a deal to go properly, it just doesn't. There's always something that arises. At the end of the day, as long as everybody involved is getting what they need, maybe not what they want, but what they need to be satisfied, I would say it's been a successful deal for an investor. Great. So we're talking about hypothetical situations, but are you able to perhaps share a more specific example with our investors and and try not to scare people away from real estate investing? Maybe, Maybe don't tell the biggest thing that went wrong, but what maybe you can just talk to the listeners about something that didn't go perfect and then steps that you took to fix the situation and how planning in advance helped you as well. Yes. You know what, Sean? Like currently right now, we have a fix and flip that just got totally went sideways. And I mean, it's a little bit of our our side too. And I think it's just a whole a whole thing to, together that comprised the deal to kind of go sideways, but not sideways in a way that there was no exit strategy. There was always an exit strategy, which was obviously selling the home 
or refi, like burr it, you know, which is refinance it and then rent it. And so now we've put it for sale, right? And the market, although the market is good and hot in Windsor, that is not indicative that it's going to be like that across Windsor. And I'm, I'm from Windsor, Ontario. So some areas are really fueling up but others are not. And especially in very heavily, uh, basically outside of the sort of main points of where there'd be like high density rentals, when you're in neighborhoods, they're selling, but they're not, you know, the board is not pinging every five seconds. And so the deal we're looking at now is, is everybody going to get what they want out of it, as opposed to what they need or are they going to get what they need as opposed to what they want and it looks like we're going to have to go with the latter and even though we pre-planned and everything it's still at the end of the day like how do you know if it's going to rain and completely flood the basement you know the cellar never indicated of any water there any flooding you don't know you bought the house there was no water how do you know in the summer we have a rainstorm and all of a sudden the sewer starts backing up? There goes another five grand that you didn't know. You did your home inspection, but they they can't predict those things. You don't, it, it's hard to predict. The neighborhood doesn't flood. And then all of a sudden you had the Murphy's Law and it just came to you. So those are the little things that come up that you kind of need to have in the back of your mind that can happen. Anything like that can happen. And that's one of the biggest things that I've found. Normally, I only buy uh, duplex, single family, triplex that are already done up to the nines and ready to go. In this case, we decided midway through it that we were going to flip it. It was initially going to be our family home. And then we decided midway through, we're going to flip it. And I don't know if that's that Murphy's Law, but once we changed our course of direction, all of a sudden, these little nuisances started coming up. But then those nuisances kind of add up. Should we have maybe kept it? I don't know. It's hard because especially in 2020, there were so many other mitigating factors outside of our control. When I say our, I mean myself and my business partner, who's also my life partner. You know, it's just out of our control, so many different factors. So needless to say, I would say that, again, you can plan, but keep it in the back of your mind that you might need a little bit of cushion in case things go wrong. You might have your soft carrying costs. You might need an extra month. There's those things that come up all the time. That's at least been my experience. Well, thanks very much for sharing your insight. And same with myself. I got a home inspection on my property, but then one morning when I woke up, the basement ended up being flooded and there was no indication that that was going to happen. So certainly, like you said, it, it makes sense to do your due diligence and get a home inspection and also make sure that you have adequate home insurance that covers stuff like sewer backups, if you can add on the, to the policy for coverage like that. But it's also important to have some emergency savings because some things are obvious, like the roof shingles will be peeling. So you'll know that you need a new roof, but other things like what you were talking about with the basement being flooded, that can be a total surprise. So definitely be sure to have some emergency savings. Don't put every single penny towards the property because you may need to pay for some, I mean, you'll probably definitely need to pay for some surprise expenses down the line. Moving on to the next question here. Why do you think women could benefit from investing in real estate? 
You know, Sean, I, I always say this. I personally, I personally feel depending on you, depending on what, what is your goal and what is it that you're looking for out of life? What is it that you want? And I say this all the time. I started real estate investing because I always knew that when I become a mom, I don't want to work anymore a formal job, let's say a formal job. I want to have that passive income, have a retirement plan, have a future goals so that I can be home with my kids. In my culture, that's very normal. And it's something that I always wanted. So that was my goal. Maybe other women have a very luxurious lifestyle, which I also like to have as well. And they need to have extra, extra income. You know, salaries have not moved since the 1970s, but prices have gone up. So you can't just have one stream of income anymore. You need to have a little bit more to keep yourself going. Maybe you want to have a nest egg to retire early. Maybe you want to keep something for your children. You know, my grandmother was the original investor and she came to this country. She only had a grade four education. She and she by by the time she got to the end of her investing and, you know, back in the day, like in the 50s, 60s, 70s, they, they didn't call it any of these fun names. By the time she got to the end, like she had over 50 units in one building alone, nine different properties. It, it was totally killing it for someone who couldn't read and write or speak in English. My goal was always so that I could have that freedom when I became a mom and I could still enjoy my lifestyle that I really like. You know, I'm not a mom yet, but you know, that day will come. And that was my, that was my goal. And I always tell women, I mean, I know they push ladies right now and it's like women power and this and that, but at the end of the day, if there's no real goal to it, and, and if you don't have an outcome and a purpose for doing it all, you know, you're just burning a lot of energy for nothing. And you know, what for? So for me, there was always had to be a reason. It wasn't just, oh, I have these houses, I'm playing Monopoly. There always had to be a reason why I, I kept going. Thanks for sharing your inspirational story as well as your grandmother's story. It's for uh, Scott McGilvray. It sounds like your your grandmother was the Scott McGilvray of her generation, if I can say My that. Yeah, I always say that. My grandmother was Scott McGill. I always say that. You know, if she was alive, like they'd have a great conversation. It was just always, I guess, I guess, Sean, I, I could even say I was born into it. Maybe I was born into it, Sean. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I was born into this. I guess real estate Th runs, what in, it is. runs in your family. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. My mom, my mom grew up doing this, obviously, with, with my grandma. My mom grew up doing this. So now, you know, my mom's kind of my, you know, she's a bit of our assistant. It's, interest, it's really interesting because she, she knows when I just just tell her, okay, you got to go get this, you got to do this. There's a language in our business. There's a language that if you don't know, you don't know. There's a lingo. Great, Dan. On that, uh, on that positive note, can you tell me why a day job is awesome with your side hustle? Yeah. So I never left. So my actual career, my profession is teaching. So I'm actually a teacher by trade. And I never left my day job to continue to pursue real estate. What I did was I ensured that everything was streamlined and that everyone who's working with me is on the team and we work together. 
So that's why I usually only buy properties that are already, that are basically already perfect. This last fix and flip kind of took a lot of our time because it was, we had so much to do and then we changed the plan. But naturally, naturally, I really only ever bought properties that are already ready to go. Good. We're moving forward because I like to stay in my day job because as we see, you know, with COVID, so many things changed. And during COVID, a lot of tenants were not able to meet the requirements of their tenancy. And so luckily I had my day job to support that. And I know that a lot of new investors, their main goal is to, you know, quit their nine to five, but I'd like to caution and say, try and keep your nine to five, just get a really good team around you that you can trust with anything. No, I agree. I, that's a really great way to sum it up. And, and, and certainly real estate can help accelerate that path to financial freedom. But similar to myself, I, I stayed at my day job for a long time. And it was only when I got to that certain point that I felt comfortable leaving my day job. Certainly, while you may be excited about something, maybe pace yourself and not jump in with both feet into the deep end. Yes. And when I was browsing through, I see your podcast and then I was I was really trying to go deeper into it. And, and I was browsing through them and I was listening to other speakers. And I really noticed that sometimes we really want to just get in there and be like, I'm an investor. But you have to pace yourself before, like your book, Burn Your Mortgage, before you can basically burn your termination letter. You really got to pace yourself because especially now, if you're having, if you're going into the red because tenants might not filling, you know, their requirements and they might be behind, you need to get money from somewhere. And sometimes, you know, it might have to come from your salary. It's unfortunate, but it's a, I've noticed, especially during COVID, that if I didn't have my job to help me get through and I was working super hard at that as well, just so, so, so grateful because sometimes, you know, you got to sneak a 50 bucks here or a 50 bucks there for your way. Yes, definitely. Uh, I don't think many people expected COVID to happen, but that definitely en- underscores the importance of having emergency savings and a contingency plan like that. And and speaking of people, just to segue from that, why don't you talk about how real estate is about perhaps more managing people than the property? Is that is that your experience? Yes. Oh my gosh, that is a hundred percent my experience. I have noticed that the houses are one thing. And realistically, the houses empty are easy, so easy. And my mentor out of Niagara Falls, she, she always, 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 always asks me about my properties because her strategy is leave the properties empty. She's so far into investing after 50 years that she just leaves them empty and refinances all the time and then lets it take care of itself through the refinance because she doesn't need the money. And she's always asking me about the tenants. And I've told her, I've come to believe now that in the early stages, it's more about people than anything because they're living in our homes. And these are major investments. And you wouldn't let 
a stranger get into, if you owned a Ferrari, get into your car and just drive it away. So we really need to screen who's coming into our properties and then we need to work with people. And we can't have these airs or arrogance or, or pride of ownership. You got to work with people. What I noticed during COVID is, as I said, you know, in order to keep things going and people lose their jobs and, you know, they have to feed themselves, feed their families. Of course, you know, they were getting some subsidies from the government. However, that might not have covered everything. It's a people business. You might have to take a hit here or there. And of course, luckily, you know, we have certain different benefits tax wise, of course. But if you're not working with the people living in your homes and ensuring that they're living in a safe and healthy environment, then the whole organ, the whole thing falls apart. And that's just been my, my experience. I've always wanted to ensure that people were living as I would want to live. So I always keep a certain standard. And that to me, I think has been has been my saving grace because I know of other landlords who have maybe neglected or, or not been at the forefront. And I self-manage my properties. Everything comes to me directly. And of course, as I said, I've got a really great team that help me. But I've always wanted to be at the forefront. I think that if a leader needs to be with the team and essentially the tenants are basically guests in the home but they're also part of the team because they're the ones living there everybody's got to work as a collective and and collaboratively and that that's just something that i've really taken pride in doing I like this way that you sum that up. Real estate is, is definitely a team and that's been my, been my experience as well. And can you talk about how you were able to create your life via real estate as well? Yeah, like I just, I have found that real estate has also given me a lot more freedoms than I would say other women my age. Just different things and the ability to maybe, and you know, this is for my lady listeners, but maybe the ability to pamper myself a little bit more, you know, sometimes you take 50 here, 50 there, get your nails done. It just feels good. And I noticed that with the real estate and then naturally, naturally, the homes, they're going up. So when you refinance, naturally, they're going up. And you don't always have to throw everything right back in. You can take a little bit here, give yourself a vacation, take a little bit here. And and I find that real estate has really helped me with my vision and my vision for what I want out of my life. And I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm so grateful and that's why I am good and and I, I well, I shouldn't say good, but that's why I guess I work with the people living in my homes because I want them to have that same feeling of fulfillment that they have housing as I do having them in the home. Well, that's a perfect way to sum up everything. And Natasha, I'd just like to say it's been wonderful speaking with you on the podcast today. Before I let you go, is there anything of interest that you'd like to share with the listeners? Oh, thank you. Thanks, John. Yeah, if they if anybody wants to reach out to me, they are more than welcome. All of my social media handles are at NE Fagali, F-E-G-H-A-L-I, or they can find me at my page, which is at Fagali Group Inc. Sorry, that's our business page. And they can get my email there and they they can send me direct messages and they can find me on Facebook as well at Natasha Fagali and Fagali Group, which is also our business page. And we do do property management in the city of Windsor-Essex County. Thanks for listening to another episode of the burn your mortgage podcast besides being a podcast host i'm also an independent mortgage broker 
If you or anyone you know, family, friends, co-workers, or neighbors could ever use any unbiased mortgage advice or a second opinion, feel free to reach out. Email me at Sean, that's S-E-A-N, at burnyourmortgage.ca or call or text me at 647-867-3711 for a free mortgage consultation. Also, be sure to head on over to www.burnyourmortgage.ca and sign up for my free weekly newsletter. As a small token of my appreciation, you'll be able to download my ultimate mortgage checklist on choosing the perfect mortgage. I look forward to hearing from you and helping you with all your mortgage needs. Once again, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating. Until next time, happy mortgage burning.